Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, everybody. I've said it. Numerous times throughout the season, and I'll say it in wrapping up the 2023 season, I just simply cannot believe, I I am completely and totally dumbfounded that a program like Penn State could have such horrendous wide receivers. This is the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm coming to you live from Atlanta on uh, Saturday evening, a few hours after Penn State lost to Ole Miss in the Peach Bowl. And look, I mean, I'm not going to talk about anything that we haven't talked about all year. In in a lot of ways, I I will say it's fitting and appropriate that Penn State lost this game the way it did because their wide receivers are just really an abomination. Now, before I get into, into that... Um, kind of fresh emotions after a loss here. Look, look, when we found out that Chop Robinson, Olu Fashnu, and then eventually Kalen King and Johnny Dixon were not going to play, uh, look, I picked Penn State to win the game 27-23, kind of thinking that, that Kalen King would play and that Johnny Dixon would play. And when we found out that those two specifically would not, there was no reason to pick Penn State in this game. Let's just be honest with you, with, with each other here. I know that, you know, everybody wants to finish the season on a high note. And we were told for the past couple of weeks from the Penn State camp, the James Franklin and the players, you know, how they were playing for something, how it meant a lot to them. But look, uh, I don't necessarily want to go so far as to say we got lied to. But I think Penn State and James Franklin have lost all credibility now with regards to bowl games when talking the talk about everybody banding together and wanting to play and, and not opting out. A lot of guys that are declaring for the draft did play. Curtis Jacobs, Theo Johnson, you know, Caden Wallace, those kinds of guys. But But look, I mean, if you're going to sit there and talk for several weeks about how, you know, we, we have a plan that, you know, uh, to, to try to play in the game and, 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 
and and not have to worry so much about the opt-outs, kind of like James Franklin had hinted at with Kalen King. And then Kalen King ends up not playing at all. Uh, we, we've basically lost any reason to believe James Franklin or the Penn State camp in these situations going forward. Now, going forward, there'll be either a playoff game or or not. But um, I, again, I, I kind of took it at face value that Kalen King was going to play. He didn't. Um, I took it kind of, I thought Johnny Dixon was going to play. He didn't, he, he wasn't even with the team in Atlanta. I, I never thought Olu was going to play your top five pick. Why, why would you risk playing ever? You know, you could roll your ankle one time and, and all of a sudden, and Chop mentioned earlier, he was not going to play. So let's be realistic about the expectations for winning this game, that they weren't good. You're talking about a, a, a third team, all American in Chop, a first team consensus, all American in Olu, uh, a second, maybe third round pick. I don't think Kate Kalen is a first round pick anymore. Um, and Johnny Dixon, who was probably be- as good or if not better than Kalen this year at cornerback. So you take away four of your best football players to think that you're going to beat the number 11 team in the country whose only losses were to Alabama and Georgia. Probably not overly realistic. So if, if you're really disappointed Penn State lost the game, let's just take a step back a little bit and realize their chances of winning that game without those four guys were not good. And then, as James mentioned, too many moving parts was his quote. You got to replace the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator. This was a very transitional period for Penn State. So if you're upset they lost the game, I would say walk that back a little bit and understand that losing the game is not a gigantic deal in and of itself, all things considered. Okay, but... The offense, the wide receivers, Drew Aller, the fact that they never got any better, the fact that, uh, my God, man, I wrote this in the story. They didn't have a, a single reception from a wide receiver till after midway point of the third quarter. They'd only thrown one pass to a wide receiver by the midway point of the third quarter. That's... That's impossible to believe. I I, I kid you not. That's impossible. How do you have a top 10 football program with a five-star quarterback recruit, a guy that people still to this day right now, and I'll get into this later, they still think Drew Aller could be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft, which is laughable to me. You, you, you haven't, you've attempted one pass to a wide receiver by the middle of the third quarter. It's impossible to believe, but it just wraps up what what is an impossible to believe season with regards to the complete and total ineptitude that Penn State had at the wide receiver spot this year. I can't for the life of me understand how James Franklin, phenomenal recruiter, Busting his butt, 365, high school recruiting, this and that. How he and his coaching staff allowed the Penn State program to get to a point in 2023 for the whole season to where the wide receivers was, were this bad collectively. I'm, not, I'm beating the dead horse here. Uh, I've joked about this for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks that we've beaten this dead horse to a pulp. But that's where we are. That's That's 
the epitome of this season. It, it encapsulates this whole season. You have the number one defense in the country. You've got a five-star quarterback recruit. You got nobody to throw the ball to from a wide receiver standpoint. Yeah, the tight ends are good. Uh, yeah, they utilize the running backs out of the backfield more. It's impossible to believe that, that you can even fathom getting to the midway point of the third quarter and no wide receiver in your entire damn program has a reception. What? What are we talking about here? Akron? Is this like the number 125 team in the country? No, this is a top 10 team. It's, it's, it's just unbelievable how they let this program get to a point where these wide receivers are god awful atrocious. No separation. Can't catch the ball. Okay. I could go on for another hour talking about how bad. Drew Aller's not very good. Let's just cut to the chase. He's not very good. Now, is he not very good because the wide receivers aren't any good? That has been the discussion all year. It has, has Aller's development and progress been stunted because he just doesn't have wide receivers who are anywhere good enough? We've been willing to suggest that as a possibility, high probability all year. But man, there were like three screen passes today where Drew's got to throw the ball like eight yards and he airmailed the receiver by a yard or three. Uh, it reminded me, quite frankly, uh, of not only Christian Hackenberg, but Rob Bolden going back to that point uh, more than a decade ago. I mean, when you're overthrowing, a wide a running back on a screen by two yards, uh, they're serious problems. Serious, serious problems. So we can talk about the wide receivers not being anywhere near good enough, and that is true, and that point was hammered home a thousandfold in the Peach Bowl. But it was also hammered home that Drew Aller's just not very good, okay? If you're still out there, Holding on to hope that Drew Aller can become a superstar, that's fine. He does have the skill set. He's got the big arm. He's got the high IQ. He was a first-year starter. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he had to go through a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, he only threw two interceptions, one during the regular season, one this year. And he got hit, one in, in the Peach Bowl, he got hit on that one on trying to deep throw. You can certainly point to some statistics that show Drew did better. He threw for 296 yards, but a lot of that was in garbage time after they were down 38 to 17. And everything that we discuss with regards to Drew Aller has to be with the notion of will he get good enough to, to elevate everyone else? You can't elevate lowest rung, bottom feeder wide receivers to great status. No quarterback can. But Drew Aller didn't really elevate anybody on the offense this year. He he, he just didn't, okay? Uh, and, and so the a, a big concern that, again, was hammered home in the Peach Bowl that perfectly encapsulates this season is just that their passing game was a gigantic train wreck, something that... It's just amazing that they were in the top 10 in the country and went to a New Year's Six Bowl game. And what a testament to Manny Diaz and his number one ranked defense and all the stars on the defense and everything else. Because the offense, I I just, 
I really struggle. I really, really struggle. Everything in college football is about planning your whole team, what you're going to have. They've known for a couple of years they were going to have Drew Aller. They've known for a couple of years that, you know, Chop and Adisa Isaac were going to be really good. They knew Kalen King after his strong year last year was going to be a big, you know, player this year. Abdul Carter. They've had all, you've got Nick Singleton, you've got Katron Allen, you've got these tight ends, you've got Olu, you've got veteran offensive linemen. The complete and total program failure by James Franklin and his staff to develop an offense and specifically the wide receivers to complement, they just threw away an opportunity. They, they threw away a gigantic golden opportunity with extremely poor, extremely poor program planning and development from one position. If I've been asked many times, if they had at least one or two good wide receivers, how, how different could things be? They might be in the playoff. They might be in the playoff. Now that's assuming Aller could be good enough if he had better receivers. And that's a big assumption there because again, he's got a lot of issues, but I, just, I I honestly cannot get over the fact, and we saw it all year, so it shouldn't be a surprise that we saw it again today, but Keontre Lambert-Smith had zero catches. They only threw the ball to him one time. It was a little bit of a, like behind him a little bit, and he dropped it. I don't know if it should count as a drop, but because it wasn't a great pass. But they, th- your leading receiver, you throw the ball to him one time. One time. Dante Cephas didn't play. Didn't play at all. Didn't get on the field. This is a guy that had 94 catches a couple of years ago for, for Kent State, was supposed to be a, a terrific get out of the transfer portal, was a complete and total bust, epic failure this year, didn't even play in the bowl game. How does that happen? How on, we haven't seen Malik McLean in, I don't know, two months. How on earth does it happen where your wide receivers are not only terrible, but some of the guys we thought were supposed to be pretty good, can't even get on the field for crying out loud. So just to sum up this first, if you're disappointed they lost the game, rein it in a little bit, given the opt-outs, they probably shouldn't have won the game anyway. But you have every right to be disappointed in James Franklin and his offensive coaches for completely and their total failure in developing the offense this year. Yeah, they fired Mike Yersich. A lot of people want to blame Mike Yersich. Man, this problem goes so far beyond Mike Yersich. It wasn't all his fault. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, welcome back. I don't really want to rehash much more of what we saw in the damn Peach Bowl. I mean, look, it was what it was. I want to look ahead to next year. I want to look ahead to where the program is now. And we're going to spend months and months doing this. But I want to do it right now, just a few hours after the game, just kind of with where we are. All right, so obviously we're going to the 12-team playoff next year. If you're listening to this and you're a Penn State fan, not only do you hope – but you absolutely believe Penn State's going to make the playoff next year. I've kind of thought all along Penn State would make the playoff next year. Um, you need 10 wins. You don't play Ohio State and Michigan both. You do play Ohio State. But, you you know, USC, Washington, UC, the, 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 you have a little bit of an easier schedule because you don't have to play Michigan. But the schedule is difficult still. The issue for me... And we'll dissect all parts of this during the offseason, believe me, in coverage and in podcasts and everything. But as, as I sit here right now, and I wonder to myself, will the wide receiver situation be any better next year? I'm not sure they even want Keandre Lambert-Smith back. I don't know if he wants to come back. I don't know that they want him back. I don't believe they want Dante Cephas back. If you're out there holding hope for Julian Fleming because he's posting on social media with a Blaze Alexander ride and people seem to think that might be a done deal that he's transferring to Penn State. Julian Fleming caught 79 passes in four years at Ohio State. Yeah, he might have been a five-star recruit. And yes, he was playing behind superstars at Ohio State and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Chris Olave and Marvin Harrison Jr. He caught 79 passes in, in, in four seasons at Ohio State. Is he a number one Big Ten receiver? He's never proven that. You know, these younger guys that Penn State's got coming back, Caden Saunders of the world, Trey Wallace, you know, Trey caught a few passes today. Uh, You know, there's hope for him. Omari Evans, they've landed no one in the transfer portal. You're listening to this on December 31st. The transfer portal window closes January 2nd. There will be more transfer, transfer portal time. Maybe they can land somebody else. But so far, they've landed no wide receivers. How many of you honestly believe the wide receiver situation is going to be any better next year? Why would you? What reason do you have to possibly think the wide receiver situation will be better? I mean, okay, so maybe Keandre Lambert-Smith comes back. He had zero catches. Zero catches. Uh, You know, was a complete afterthought. So that's one thing. Drew should be better in year two. They should 
you know, with Andy Kotelnicki, the new offensive coordinator, you, you, we can hold out hope that they've got that he'll have a, a better offensive game plan to take advantage of what Drew Aller can do. But he's got to have guys get open. He's got to be able to trust receivers all over the field, including the middle of the field. And yes, going deep, which they just didn't do enough of this year. Um, but as we look ahead to next year, I, I, I haven't fully decided what my record prediction is going to be. I usually do it like in the early part of the year. I, I might wait a few days after the transfer portal window. But if I had to pick right now, right now, I would go, I would lean more toward nine and three. And nine and three is probably not a playoff appearance. So as of right now, and I may, I may change this and go 10 and two, uh, cause I, I have kind of thought all along that they would make a playoff next year, but I don't, I don't have a whole lot of comfort in feeling that other than maybe optimism. You know, you, you can be eternally optimistic or whatever, and fans generally are, but I'm trying to look at this from a realistic standpoint. Look at all the personnel you're losing. You're losing Chop. You're losing Curtis Jacobs. You're losing Kalen King. You're losing Johnny Dixon. You're losing Olu. You're losing most of your offensive line, Hunter Norzad, Caden Wallace. You, you're probably losing... You know, KLS, you know, you're losing Manny Diaz, which is as big of a loss as any of them. Why, again, should we think that Penn State is just going to come out and, and get to 10 wins next year? The assumption that Drew Aller, Nicholas Singleton, they would continue to develop and all this. I mean, again, you, you can you can be optimistic and you can be hopeful but I want anybody to give me reasons, okay? I, as I look for realistic football reasons, and I look at all these personnel losses, it's it's hard to come by to just assume they're going to win 10 games. Now, some of these other teams are playing. Ohio State's going to have a new quarterback. USC's going to have a new quarterback. Washington's going to have a new quarterback. You know, you're going to be catching other teams in maybe some transition years as well. Maybe Ohio State is down next year. Who knows, you know, but if I just look specifically at Penn state and the personnel losses that they are going to suffer, I don't think I'm being overly negative or critical to think that, you know, they could go nine and three. I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite dip to eight and four. Um, You know, I don't know that the schedule is that difficult. They would lose four games, but I'm, I'm not going to sit here any longer after watching this, this debacle on offense and just assume they're going to go 10 and two. I need to see a hell of a lot more from Drew Aller. And I mean a hell of a lot more because what I saw from Drew Aller this year was extremely disappointing. Sure, he protected the football. And that's about the only good thing that I can say. I mean, they, they dumbed down the offense so much for him because of the bad wide receivers and they didn't take chances. And when he had to make throws, quite honestly, he didn't. He was horrible against Ohio State. He was horrible against Michigan. He was horrible for most of the day against, against Ole Miss. And that's your three losses. So can he be better in year two? Yes. Will he be better in year two? Yes. Will he be good enough to lead them to at least 10 and two in a playoff? I tell you what, I got to see not only a whole lot more from him. I've got to see a whole lot more from a roster standpoint and personnel standpoint, because if this is the wide receiver situation and they're not going to go out and add, I mean, if Julian, if Julian Fleming is all they add, while that'll help some, I still don't think he's a number one guy. And so, you know, maybe Trey Wallace could develop even more 
but he couldn't stay healthy this year. And you know, I mean, you haven't even gotten to the defense yet. You're losing just massive personnel on defense, plus Manny Diaz. You're not going to have the number one defense in the country next year. You're not going to be able to rely on the defense to keep you in games when your offense is abysmal. Uh, I mean, it's I, I again, I don't, I don't think I'm just being overly critical here because they look bad losing a football game. I'm trying to be completely and honestly realistic based on the personnel that they have lost. And how that could end up impacting them this next year. So again, I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth between 10 and two and nine and three. 10 and two almost certainly would get them in the playoff. I do not believe nine and three would, although, you know, it would have in, I think 2018, they went nine and three and they still finished in the top 12. But uh, if you're just out there assuming they're going to win 10 games next year, I, I don't know why you would assume that. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Hey, real quick segment here to wrap things up this week. I just want to thank everybody for uh, checking in with the coverage all season long, both the stories of DK Pittsburgh Sports, the podcast here. I greatly appreciate everybody who stops by to read the stories, certainly everyone who comments. A lot of nice comments, good comments throughout the year. You know, some questions and criticism, and that's perfectly fine. I'm I'm ready for all of it. You know, some people see, seem to still think that I'm overly critical of Penn State. I think that's complete and total bull crap. And if you knew anything about me, I, 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 I do just try to honestly evaluate everything that I see, good or bad. And I, 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 what I really appreciate about the readers on uh, the DK Pittsburgh sports side is I think you do understand where I'm coming from. We have a good civil forum in uh uh, in the comments section, the asylum with people really having good discussions, uh, not just reverting to uh, you love this or you hate that or whatever. I, I just try to be honest with folks and everything. And you're going to disagree with some of the things I say, and that's perfectly fine. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to come at these things from a place of honesty uh, and real realism as to where a lot of you are coming to this from just a sheer fandom and optimism standpoint. So, but what I appreciate is the great feedback and uh, the interaction I can have with, 
with readers and listeners on here. And I really, really do appreciate all that. The plan uh, for the off season, I, I hope to still have a couple of stories a week. We'll work that out with DK. That's kind of been the, you know, the situation here for a good while. A couple stories a week. I'll, you know, still do the We Are podcast on the weekends. We'll have the feed. I'll have news updates and everything uh, on the feed. And there will be a lot happening here over the next month or two. Generally, there's a lot of news still happening in, Feb- in January, you know, early February. So be sure to check the feed. I'll probably have a lot more analysis kind of stuff and commentary uh, in some of my main articles on the site. But uh, uh, I am greatly appreciative of DK for uh, all the commitment he has made to covering Penn State football. I'm down here in Atlanta covering bowl games. We've continued to travel. Uh, so that the, the commitment here to covering Penn State has remained strong. And, and I am very appreciative of that. Very appreciative of everybody who stops by and uh, reads or listens to what I have to say. And uh, hey, let's uh, let's enjoy the offseason. A whole lot of questions, a whole lot of things to be determined here in the coming months, first of all, in the few next few weeks with the transfer portal and, you know, draft declarations and all that. But this is going to be a very, very, very extremely interesting and, and uh, crucial offseason for Penn State and for James Franklin. Because at this point going forward, the expectation will be to make the playoff every year. You know, there there was a hope that Penn State would make a four-team playoff. I don't know that that was ever truly an expectation. Now the expectation from everybody, from me, from you, from Pat Kraft, to everybody at the university, to all fans, the expectation is you got to make the damn playoff every year. And if you don't, you fail. And so now, going forward, we're going to be really judging James Franklin and everything on a very different criteria. It truly will be playoff or bust. Just like in basketball, it's NCAA tournament or bust. It will be playoff or bust for Penn State. And there are a lot of things that are going to have to be addressed if they're going to make the playoff next season. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll talk again next week. 